So, uh, thank you very much for uh, finding the time. My pleasure, yep. Thank you. There's this interesting short story uh, before I start. Uh, I was some, already documented some of the training here okay. and uh, I shared it online and some of the people who, one of the person, people who follow me online right. uh, saw that you're, you're here, you're, right. you're one of the, the coaches and he said, he was very excited about that and he said that he called you a wizard of striking. <laughs> so, I got oh, a legend wow. in my own mind, what can I say? <laughs> so that, that was yeah. very nice, it was nice. He, yeah. he apparently, and I know he's quite experienced, uh, we don't know per each other personally, but we, uh, he follows my channel and he comments all the time and he said he watched your online, uh, probably some, some online course, I guess? Yeah, uh, there was a SBG tape back in the day, you, wow. you know, a DVD, uh, wow. and then turned into a DVD, and I guess yeah, it's I still out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, well, I was, it, was, it was interesting, I, I realized that, that means it's, it's a good sign. Good. So, uh, but uh, since uh, we, we didn't get to know each other so much uh, right now, and I read your short resume on SBG mm -hmm. online, uh, the, the website, uh, but I'm sure there's a lot unsaid there, mm -hmm. so, so maybe I can ask you about your background. Sure, please, yeah. Start. So, yeah. Uh, so, how would you summarize your, your, your bio? Uh, let, let's see, uh, did uh, traditional martial arts um, mm -hmm. uh, um, here and there as a kid, uh, uh, then um, when I was in college, um, there was some traditional Chinese Kung Fu, uh, that was actually at a fairly high standard and they were doing full contact tournaments mm. back in the late 70s, early 80s, oh. okay? Um, so that was uh, a good exposure to, you know, to kind of traditional um, uh, um, Kung Fu and also, um, you know, just the physicality of moving and dealing with other folks and stuff like that. Mm. And then the exposure to uh, people getting ready to fight in a full contact, you know, uh, all comers, all styles, you mm -hmm. know, this pre-UFC, mm -hmm. there was a mat, but not too much ground stuff was happening, but mm -hmm. throws were, you know, if it went to the ground, it went to the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was that, uh, a good balance there between uh, traditional stuff and um, full contact stuff. Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, the... Uh, uh, Huey Chamberlain from The Warrior Within. There was a movie back in the uh, uh, late 70s. You know, that was the school he came out of. Uh, Paul Vizio was a PKA mm -hmm. kickboxing guy. That was the school he came out of. And um, uh, 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 Nelson Tack, uh, Waihan, people like that. They gave me a good background. Mm -hmm. And then in any event, uh, I was in college and uh, there was a wrestling room there and then guys would just get together and mm. play, you know, so some boxers would come in, some guys with judo would come in, some guys with wrestling backgrounds would come mm. in and, you know, we'd flop around and, and mess around and, you know, the people who are, you know, running the collegiate mm. athletic facility would not look too kindly on it, but they didn't really stop us either. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, Got out of school, um, started working, got my own apartment, and oh, it was uh, down the block from the Westbury PBC Police Boys Club. Mm -hmm. They had two uh, two rings in there. They had pros, they had amateurs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the uh, biggest name who came out of that uh, area of mm -hmm. Long Island, 
in that area was Howard Davis, uh, very good, um, uh, tall, skinny welterweight, you know, mm -hmm. so um, uh, um, the trainers that were there were uh, good, and like I said, there was a lot of activity, and so I just uh, spent two or three years there, four nights a week, and then, you know, got married, had kids, started a business, uh, and, and honestly, I got more into rock climbing and um, that outdoor stuff. That's one of the reasons I'm here in Portland. But then, uh, you know, got into my mid-30s, had two kids, jo crazy job and stuff like that, and not enough time to go really get out there and mm -hmm. rock climb and stuff like that. And I uh, uh, heard there was a boxing gym, so I went back to it in my mid 30s and uh, work with Fred uh, uh, Ryan and Ed Milberger there and Ed Milberger was old you know in his 80s at the time but he had taken you know the Olympic team to Russia for, for, for uh, kind of a challenge matches and stuff like that work with Aaron Pryor and stuff like that I learned an awful lot from him and Fred and because I went back in my mid 30s it wasn't a you know, I wasn't new anymore, and nor was I really trying to be competitive. So I actually learned a lot more the second time around, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, stuck with it. You know, just a gym rat. You know, in my mid thirties is too late to be competitive mm -hmm. with anything, mm -hmm. but just a gym rat. And uh, um, then I, I started uh, uh, refing and coaching. I was lucky enough to go to the Olympic Training Center for uh, um, the coaching and refereeing education side of the mm -hmm. USA Boxing. That was uh, great. And along the way, when I was there, uh, you know, there's a lot, it's the Olympic Training Center. There's more than just, you know, boxing going on. Mm -hmm. But I was lucky enough to be there when the Greco team was doing, the, where they were essentially had a bunch of uh, guys in and a bunch of teams and then they were essentially doing a wrestle-off for spots on the team. And an eye-opening thing then was uh, uh, watching guys get ready to compete, you know, literally just as they're warming up and working with coaches and then going on the mat. What caught my eye was how light they were going on the, on the side and then how explosive they were on the mat. And that was really... Uh, eye-opening in terms of how light they could go mm. and how, I won't say cooperative because they're just kind yeah. of working with a coach, they're not working with mm -hmm. another athlete and he's, the coach is not really trying to be instructive or whatever, it's just before he's going to go into the match, he's just warming him up and that set a mindset in terms of, you know, how to train, how to get somebody ready, you know, I was thinking about coaching and refing mm -hmm. and things at that point anyway. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, Back at that time, uh, uh, so kind of mid '90s, getting to you know, taking right hands to the head is not a good way to grow old. So <laughs> I was doing kind of less uh, sparring and stuff like that. Mm. But um, um, uh, some guys from um, previous generations of SBG started coming in, and I mm. was helping them. Uh, working uh, with them with their hands uh, mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, the, the two guys I'm thinking about who, uh, who were uh, kind of gave me that initial in introduction in the boxing gym mm -hmm. to 
uh, jujitsu or clench or whatever was uh, Brian Stromberg and uh, Greg Piper. Um, two very different guys. Brian Stromberg was a very tall, very big guy, you, you know, on, on, I don't know, six, five or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Greg Piper was uh, a lightweight, you, you know, um, uh, and um, uh, Greg, uh, I, I, so I had done a lot, and I sparred a lot of rounds, not so much with Brian, but with uh, Greg. And uh, he was like, oh, we're having a, I guess it was a camp back at the MLK gym. Why don't you come in? Mm -hmm. I came in, uh, met a bunch of people. Everybody was nice. And I was like, what's this stuff being on my back on, <laughs> on the bottom at, at that point? I was 45 or whatever. Was that pre-USC or? Uh, no, no. I'm trying to think of the time, uh, exact time frame. I would say no, it was after... Um, the UFC had started, or at least you started to see MMA matches. But it wasn't, BGJ was still not like that. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, it was like, what is it? It was, yeah. you, you know, uh, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, um, uh, oh, this is great. It hit me at the right time. Uh, mm -hmm. I always kind of enjoyed doing something brand new, mm -hmm. learning to write with your left hand or, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So it was brand new. Mm -hmm all the way back down to very much a beginner. But hey, it's like, oh, this tap, oh, this is great. I get mm. the same kind of um, workout and interest and mm. excitement, so to speak, that you get out of sparring, right. you know, challenge that you get out right. of sparring. Uh, and hey, I can just tap, you know, yeah. I can do this forever, you know, uh -huh. and so I'm still trying to work on getting, uh, doing it forever. So right. does that? Yeah, yeah sure. It, it, uh, well, a couple of my trainers, which I'll just double, double check about. So, so you've been in SPG ever since, and that's like, yeah, yeah. That's like, like 20 years or something? No, uh, it's, uh, it's probably, in the beginning it was, you know, come to the camp, and I didn't join right at that point, mm -hmm. so there was a couple of years in there where it was mm -hmm. on and off, and you know, stuff like that, and, uh, but it's been a while, it's um, certainly, um, it's been a while. It, you know, and, and did you start coaching here early or after a while? Uh, after, after a while, um, you know, honestly, I've been, uh, uh, if I was just concerned about coaching, I probably would have stuck with boxing and, mm -hmm. you, you know, um, mm -hmm. coach that way. But honestly, it was like, oh, try and stay in shape, try to learn mm -hmm. something new. Yeah. And that's why I, it was more of selfish reasons that I got <laughs> attracted to uh, right. Uh, doing a little bit of jits and stuff mm -hmm. like that and uh, mm -hmm. um, whatever one thing led to another and worked on some striking and then mm -hmm. uh, work on some cornering and right. you know um, um, mm -hmm. uh, try to help out wherever I can you know mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah. and Rick today said uh, just, just I guess on these last few days you were you received your brown belt in judo uh, uh, yeah that's a very <laughs> brand new uh, thing I've, I've been um, for work a couple of years ago, I went to London uh, like mm -hmm. many times in a year. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, the longest stretch there early on uh, was like right up the street in Kensington from the Budokan, which is like mm -hmm. the European judo mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Like, and um, again, uh, it's funny, uh, it's very similar to when I went to the uh, Olympic Training Center. Uh, there at, at uh, this place in London, there were guys from all over Europe and they'd have mm -hmm. their, 
you know, whatever country they were from, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like competition geese, but they're there in the, the, the um, same gym in the same class doing the same wor workouts being kind of good training partners to each other, but they were very high level guys and very high level coaches. But the interest, the thing, that is not the thing that caught my interest about uh -huh. judo. The thing that caught my interest about judo and why mm -hmm. starting to be a student of it, you know, let's put it that way, was a bunch of old guys, I mean really old guys, right. in the same class, honestly faking it through it the whole way. You know, <laughs> the, the, the Olympic guys are walking on their hands, you know, yeah. doing, you know, uh, uh, as warm-ups and mm -hmm. they're shuffling around doing a little uchikomi or whatever. I'm like, oh wow, this is... Um, an interesting long, long very, uh, these guys are ancient and there wasn't just one or two of them, you know, uh, in that club. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Uh, like something that would go into the, 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 um, the 80s or whatever. So um, the, the, the judo thing was just, uh, uh, again, the same thing like why start doing jujitsu? Oh, it's mm -hmm. starting to learn how to write with your left hand. It's something brand new, yeah. strip yourself down throw it all out, start all over again. Yeah. That's a really great approach. It's something I, I keep thinking about and it inspires me as well that uh, kind of always searching. I think some people like to focus on the best thing that they do and, and they they don't polish whatever other things are there. I think it's yeah, such, yeah, a, yeah. such a great approach to always push. Yeah, and, and plus on the... On the um, uh, selfish side that's where you make your biggest advance right. advances you yeah. know uh, um, and stuff like that you know it's hard to make advances um, whether it's whatever playing guitar mm. or learning a language or whatever no you kind of know how to play mm. guitar oh you kind of know how to speak the language right. oh you kind of know this okay are you really getting better at it that's hard mm. I mean that you still need to work that too mm. but you definitely don't get the big jumps uh, of like Oh, now I get it, and now that works. Yeah. So, uh, uh, anyway, it's it's always good to uh, um, put yourself into situations, and not just martial arts or boxing or athletic things. Put yourself in situations where no, uh, I am the stupidest guy in the room, not the smartest. <laughs> guy in the room. I am the least athletic person here, not the most athletic. You know. Uh, um, so always. Um, uh, that's I think the mental side of cross training. The mental side is really going to find something that you know nothing about and uh, um, be get that uh, learner's mindset. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. Well, uh, something that's a question that's part for me from the from your bio that you you've spoken about um, the tournaments, and I'm going to go quite. A, well, uh, quite some time back from right. the first, some of the first things you said, the tournaments of, uh, it was Kung Fu, right? Or well, was and, and, yeah, but the, 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 oh yeah, the, the, the tournaments um, that they used to hold there were, uh, it, you know, kind of in a uh, gym in an elementary school mm. in Chinatown down in New York. They'd roll out a mat and they'd sell tickets and mm. different schools would come and mm. uh, do their best. But it was uh, boxing gloves, no mm. shin guards, and mm. a mouthpiece. That was it. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, something I really wanted to ask because I heard that they were happening. I just never met anyone who was there. Mm. And uh, I always thought as soon as I'll get a chance to meet someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my question, because I uh, part of the, the documenting that I do is, is comparing traditional martial arts mm -hmm. with, or let's say functional martial arts. Uh, so I'm very curious. How how different was it in terms of the training? Was was training more traditional, form based, and uh, versus were the tournaments very different? Like people would come in and their their way of fighting would change, or was the training oh, um, on and off? Uh, the so the so yeah, I can only speak to uh, what I'd see our guys do, yeah. who would do it uh, is. Uh, um, and they were very uh, traditionally oriented. They would mm -hmm. kind of uh, stick with that, right. do more of it, and then spar more and spar right. hard. You, you know, uh, uh, and um, that's it. You know, so uh, the style kind of stayed in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, um, I think. Um, it's been a while, uh, honestly, and I'm not going to, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm neither going to disrespect anything yeah. nor put myself up as an expert on anything. Yeah. So it, and so it's, it's been a while. Uh, the, uh, like if you said, oh, did the sparring look like a form? Well, no, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but it never did. It didn't look like that in the gym and it certainly didn't look like that uh, um, in the ring and uh, uh, but I think that was for everybody who came down that was um, uh, true uh, you know see some karate guys come down and uh, before they got into the ring they looked like karate guys mm -hmm. but once they got in the ring they looked like themselves mm -hmm. you know uh, um, and some things, um, uh, as I recall, the, some things uh, were not um, uh, what you'd expect. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 there were some things where guys had obviously done some boxing or had done some uh, um, mm -hmm. higher level kickboxing. They did right. better, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember seeing some Tai Chi guys who came down and did great. <laughs> you right. know, yeah, but now uh, at the end of the day, red corner, blue corner, go. Um, it's more about the person uh, there uh, uh, and stuff like that and how they approach their training and stuff. Mm -hmm. that, that's the individual part of it, right? So, um, uh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. It, yeah. yeah, that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. One more question I was meaning to ask uh, is in terms of, because you have a great amount of experience uh, in coaching striking. Mm -hmm. um, one question uh, in terms of the traditional side of martial arts and functional side, or at least that's one of the ways I qualified, uh, I observed, like for example, in karate, and you actually mentioned that during one of the winter warrior mm -hmm. classes, there's the strike and they leave their hand right, out there. Right. I, I saw some, and I've done a little bit of Ding Chun, and we would do that there too, and I would see people like Ding Chun guys practicing and just sticking their arm out and yeah, just doing yeah. it. And I don't know if that's like just part of the training or that's the methodology, but uh, from what I learned about effective striking is that retraction is apparently really important. I mean, you mentioned even just for guarding, but I think for the whip motion. Uh, so what, what's your stand on observing that? Do you think that's 
do you think that's a flawed way of training strikes or how, how do you perceive that um, type of training strikes? Really simply, it's half a strike. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the hand comes, goes out and the hand comes in mm -hmm. uh, from whatever position and whatever, whatever part of your hand strikes or mm -hmm. part of your foot strikes, whatever part of their body, or if it misses or, you know, whatever it going out is half the journey and it coming mm -hmm. back is the other half, mm -hmm. whether it's a kick and the kick goes out, it's got to get back down to the floor, right. you know? And what happens next? I don't know. Something happens next. Are you ready to do something next? So I think the um, that uh, um, again, my philosophy is you can learn a lot from anything. You know that whole thing going back to beginner's mindset. Mm -hmm. What are the fundamentals that that is is working on? So mm -hmm. to put it more in a positive sense, okay. are you in a good position? Are you in a good um, um, uh, are you ready? However you want to define that. Mm. And the strike went out and did it land, did it land with force, did it land with focus. Mm. Okay, that's what that's working on. Mm. Okay, so if I just went through that little checklist, were you ready? Mm. Did it go out? Did it land with strength and focus and a good, what, however you define it, a good mm. posture behind it to make that structural Again, to use a JITS term, frame behind it. Mm. Wonderful. That seems to be what mm. that type of training focuses right. on. Great. Check, check, check. But now there's this other checklist of mm. did it get back? Did it get back? Did it deal with what's coming next? And what are you going to do after that? Mm. You know. And so, doing things halfway, halfway. Is where's the recovery? Did you deal with whatever the guy threw back? And were you ready to go again? Mm. So there's another set of checklist things right. here that everything needs to be right. kind of balanced. Um, yeah. uh, forgetting about striking or whatever, you know, hey, I'm just in the gym. I'm working on strength, working on strength, working mm -hmm. on strength. Well, that's great. You hit a lot of check boxes mm -hmm. on uh, lower body, upper body, back, mm -hmm. you know, chest, whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, what about flexibility? What about balance? Mm -hmm. What about reaction time? What about flexibility? Chick, 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 chick. You, you know. Mm -hmm. a whole set of checklists over there that you've got to cover right. um, and I would say that uh, if you want to have a formula on how you should uh, mm -hmm. look at these things just say what am I skipping you know mm -hmm. and whatever you're skipping go back and work on that mm -hmm. you know that might be because of the school you're in what they're focused on it might be your own attributes or phenotype that's what you like to do mm -hmm. that's great but what are the, there's objective lists of things over there that you might be skipping now you because of age size experience the environment you're in you might focus you might wind up focusing on this set over here and not that but if you're skipping these things over here flat out not doing them that's bad you know so you know, it can be a little bit formulaic if you're just doing strength over here and oh, I did a little bit of cardio, but you're doing no flexibility. Mm -hmm. That's not balanced. That's not going to uh, add up to success. So mm -hmm. bring so throw out the physicality checklist. Let's bring in the uh, martial arts or um, mm -hmm. uh, checklists. You know, right. you come up with your own checklist. 
you know, uh, uh, oh, I'm working on a striking, kind of obsessed with it, or I'm good at mm -hmm. it, or I'm not so good at it, whatever. But hey, are you working ground? Are you working mm -hmm. clinch? Or are you working, mm -hmm. like, is it, as an example, yeah, um, kicking, I'm not a good kicker. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'm not a fan of it, you know, in the ring, you know, uh, mm -hmm. at, at least. Uh, from a boxing standpoint, that four-round fighter, mm. you know, the, those first couple of fights, I've seen many more fights being lost by kicks than won mm -hmm. by kicks. Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, it's something you need to be very good at to do it very... You need to be much better kicker than the other guy to be successful kicking. Right. So anyway, I'm not a big fan of it, but if I, but personally, if I don't work on it, or if personally, if I don't include it in my checklist, then... Uh, I, for my own workout, I won't get that physicality of mm. you know, whatever, hip flexors, right. flexibility and strength, or uh, hamstring flexibility or, or um, whatnot. And hey, if I'm working with guys and training them and they're just not used to seeing kicks, mm. they'll just leave that front leg out there and it'll get kicked mm. to bits, you know. Yeah. So again, it's a check, my predisposition is be on your feet, moving, you know, mm -hmm. kind of taking a, a traditional boxing approach to it, but I can't just focus on that. I got to go over here and, hey, make sure they, they're dealing with kicks uh, and knowing the, you know, the, the benefit risk ratio of when to throw, so. Well, you mentioned that checklist and uh, I'm curious to ask, what would you say is the main checklist for striking? What, what a person should be very conscious of to make sure that checklist is good. Like what would be the primary checkpoints? Uh, movement. Yeah, yeah, so uh, uh, um, whatever your reaction time is, whatever your um, mm. um, uh, uh, strength attributes are, you know, whatever the experience things are, uh, uh, whether you're winning or losing, all things being equal, uh, 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 movement would be the first thing. So, uh, uh, oh, you're taller than me. Okay, are you using movement to stay away when I try to get in? Oh, I'm shorter than you. Am I using movement to get in and strike? Um, uh, 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 oh, I'm not, you, you know, uh, especially very strong. Or am I throwing my hip into it so that whatever power mm -hmm. I can generate actually gets out there? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, mm -hmm. um, so all that boils down to movement. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so what is? How do you break down uh, uh, movement? You know, stance, posture, mm -hmm. direction, left, right, up, down, uh, front, back. Mm -hmm. You know, there's very few things, but if you say there's front, back, left, and right up and down and what is six factorial yeah how many mm. ways can you put that together mm. okay now double it because if, if you train your offside as well mm. you know that there's a million little uh combinations uh i should actually look up what is six factorial or 12 factorial right. if it you know uh it's a huge number so mm. even the basic checklist of front, uh, front back left right up and down mm -hmm. you can put them together in a bazillion different ways mm. Would you say part of it is being constantly in motion, uh, the, the, the movement part, or, or that's not necessarily the, the main thing? Um, I think the, uh, again, maybe a little bit of an analytical background. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, if you look at just 
everybody who walks in the gym where you just, uh, I think you learn a lot from watching uh, competent, but still early on fights. You know, again, from a boxing standpoint, those four rounders, you can learn an awful lot on that. Uh, same thing with, with jits or whatever, look yeah. at those blue belt tournaments, look at those purple belt tournaments, mm -hmm. uh, uh, et cetera. Um, the, in terms of your, your question is, is it movement or? Like should, should the person, like is, is it important that the person always moves, like especially in, in terms of stand up? Uh, right, so mm -hmm. in general, uh, people will, uh, given X amount of experience, will either stand still hold their breath and throw, mm -hmm. you know, like a baseball mm -hmm. uh, standstill, hold my breath, go, you know, mm -hmm. that they'll approach it that way. Uh, uh, or they'll go forward, forward, mm -hmm. forward, forward, forward. Okay. So if you said that's what people's uh, 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 untrained people, but still instinctual and still those mm -hmm. are not things you want to throw out. Those are things that are like I need to stand, plant and throw. Mm -hmm. Great. Let's work on that, but let's mm -hmm. do it you know, uh, just with the cross and the hook, it's mm -hmm. still a plant and throw thing. But now can you do it as you're moving to the left, as you're moving to the right, mm -hmm. as you're circling way to the right, mm -hmm. as you're circling way to the left, as opposed to just going forward, you, you know, to, again, to balance that out. If you can only go forward mm -hmm. and you can't circle to your right, maybe we should work on circling mm -hmm. to the right. And uh, coming close, close to the end, uh, uh, as I'm myself a beginner, uh, I'm searching for wisdom of uh, experience. <laughs> what what would you say is the most efficient way for a beginner to to learn efficiently, um, especially if it's like the realm of mixed martial arts, which is so many different areas to cover? Like, what is what should be the, the mindset or the training methodology uh, of the person uh, that would help? Uh, boost the process. Right. Uh, I think boosting the process is try to learn as few things as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, 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 I just, you know, front, back, left, right, up, down. Uh, that's very few things. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 now find a way to train those in many different ways as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, uh, you can work uh, striking, am I getting back to my back uh, leg? Am I able to, to move my weight back? Okay, mm -hmm. that's one thing. Now, what did we do uh, the other day? We were working with the pool noodles, throw mm -hmm. that strike and get back to, to work your slip. Okay, and today we were working on uh, being in somebody's guard and everybody was getting tipped over as they were being pulled in. So what's the same thing, you're getting back. So what I'm trying to say is that's not two different things, being in somebody's guard mm. and uh, sl slipping that punch, that's one thing, that's moving back. Mm. So that's what I'm trying to say, learn as few things as possible, but now you just did it on your feet against this simulated strike with a pool noodle, and now you just did it on your knees um, as somebody's trying to pull you down in their guard. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so then the nice thing about stand-up, uh, which I think is maybe the only way I was able to get good at it, or maybe it's the challenges I find with uh, um, uh, working on the ground, is with stand-up, if you use them intelligently, you know, bag work and the clothesline and jump roping and the, the ladder, 
can be very valuable, you know, and um, I wish I knew personally, I wish I knew more about kind of those solo exercises that you can do on the ground because that's a way you, you learn very little in class, try to apply it in many different ways. Mm. And then in your solo work, you know, how do you use your own body weight, the mat or, or a very patient training partner, a clothesline, mm. a heavy bag, the speed bag, a ball um, to uh, reinforce those very few things you've learned in class. So, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, hitting the heavy bag should not be, uh, uh, you know, a way to get out your frustrations, you know, the stereotypes, <laughs> get out your frustrations or mm -hmm. just get a workout. No, the heavy bag is an infinitely patient training partner mm -hmm. that you have hopefully a very short list of things to work on with. But that, that heavy bag's got a lot of patience for you as you try to work that out. That's a way to accelerate. The very last question I, I'm going to ask for today, um, it's a question I keep asking all the coaches right now here. Uh, there's, in all realms, and uh, same way in jiu-jitsu and boxing and everything that I observe, there's, there's great fighters, and there's exceptional fighters like there's there, there's these names like Ali or, mm -hmm. or or these days it's Floyd and mm -hmm. uh, and in in all realms there are some people who are just exceptionally better than others mm -hmm. and I'm curious uh, to ask what is your what's in your opinion that makes them go to that different level is there is it their mindset is it is it about the grinding and just never any training or is it talent what what would your uh, the guys who really like no, they shoot way. You know, they leave everybody else in the right, dust like and the stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically, the it's all of the above. Okay, mm. and, but it starts with um, their attitude, their work ethic, their ability to. Um, uh, keep going when they get hurt. And I don't mean, I mean that kind of in the bigger sense, not just on, oh, I got hurt and I charge mm -hmm. forward. It's like, no, uh, uh, whether that's injury management, whether that's a bit of ego bruising or mm. whatever, um, uh, they, uh, you, uh, no matter what your, your, your uh, uh, phenotype is, no matter what your attributes are, you, if you don't have that, you will, you will take those gifts and, do something else with them or let them atrophy. Okay. Having said that though, to really, you, you know, uh, uh, it's, I think it's difficult for the, somebody, um, uh, uh, without the, um, uh, attributes, you know, the phenotype and the, mm -hmm. to really take that work and push it, you know, to the top, mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, from a, um, uh, a coaching standpoint, you're looking for both. Okay, realistically speaking, yeah. this is you know uh, 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 just the re uh, the reality of it mm -hmm. is you want to create an environment which is you know um, uh, Matt and everybody else at SPG is creating an environment mm -hmm. where uh, people can do that, where mm -hmm. um, people with the attributes will get the skills. Mm -hmm. And they will get the work to mm. develop the mm. the um, 
um, ethic and fortitude to, mm. to push forward uh, because we might be in here doing Wimpton Warrior or whatever else. There's a mixture of folks mm. and, oh, look at that guy. He's blowing everybody else away. Part of it is having the attributes, yeah. but also without the hard work, yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, yeah. So, so thanks for getting me back. Yeah, yeah. So the you'll have um, a uh, um, uh, to the point where somebody with the attributes with the, mm -hmm. the that type of phenotype. You know, the important thing that I you, you know that is critical that I think Matt has done here and mm -hmm. has uh, kind of built that tribe up of giving an environment where somebody with the attributes can get the skills, can get mm -hmm. the work to push through. And then the point is, uh, no, so now what is that person going to do? Oh, they're going to go into that tournament and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's a competitive process. They mm -hmm. will wind up getting a matched person. Mm -hmm. You know, they will get somebody else. You know, as much as we're all special, yeah. unique, mm -hmm. uh, uh, God's creatures or whatever, there's still, uh, you, you know, mm -hmm. categories we fit into. Sure. And whether it's... Um, uh, uh, just within the gym, whether it's uh, um, uh, in a jiu-jitsu uh, or, or boxing or MMA or whatever, the point is you go in, you'll participate, you'll do well, and mm. the next one will be an mm. incrementally better opponent, an incrementally better yeah. opponent. So at some point, the phenotypes wash out. Mm. You know, you, you will get matched with somebody who has got... Uh, uh, either the same or balanced attributes mm -hmm. and the um, uh, uh, they've survived their work ethic you know, and stuff like that mm -hmm. and that's where it gets interesting that's right. the fun part yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all fun but you know that's mm -hmm. uh, from a competitive standpoint is like now uh, uh, you get into more subtle things is does that person have the attribute of observing what's happening mm. making changes or whatever listening to their corner is the corner paying attention mm. you know go get them go get them well how <laughs> versus <laughs> do this yeah, yeah. you know uh, right. you know how's the corner managed you know stuff mm. like that uh, and then win or lose uh, uh, you know uh, how does the guy come back into the gym you know right. stuff like that so it's, it sounds like there's it's like there's a lot of things behind it. It's not just about the physical talent of that person that is mentioned. There's yeah, also the yeah, corner. Yeah, and, yeah. Your, and your original question is how does that you know, great mm -hmm. uh, af uh, athlete happen? It's not just athletic attributes, but realistically mm -hmm. speaking, they kind of have to be there. Uh, let's put it that way. If that person wasn't going to be a good striker or jiu-jitsu person right. or MMA player, mm -hmm. they'd be a great volleyball player, you know, uh, sure. you know, and a very good volleyball right. player, right. you know, um, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But hey, they got attracted to this mm -hmm. uh, sport, to this craft, to this science, to right. this art, you know, uh, well, so is volleyball, you know, but, but, yeah. uh, things like that. Yeah. It almost sounds like there, there is that part of the calling uh, aspect of it. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the the physical attributes that somebody has does make a difference on a, in the competitive arena, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. it, um, and uh, e even in the non-competitive or recreational or arena, mm -hmm. your physical attributes formulate or influence those checklists that you've got to manage um, uh, yourself and I, if, if I had any one philosophy it's like uh, you asked me well what's a fundamental thing and I said movement you know yeah. but I, th I think uh, maybe I should have uh, uh, 
put this other thing out there uh -huh. that is you are your own best coach. Mm. It's not me. It's not Ricky. It's not mm. Matt. It's not mm -hmm. uh, uh, Freddie Roach or you, mm -hmm. you know the great. Yep. Hopefully we're doing a good job and mm -hmm. you know and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, the way to excel is to take that responsibility that you are your own best coach. Seriously, you are your best coach. You know your body. You know what your um, experience on the mat or in the ring or, you know, in the uh, dark of the morning, getting here on time and stuff like that. And if, you know, so uh, the best coach might see where you can make a 2% improvement or, or mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Uh, but you'll be the best one to find your 1% improvement because you're the one who's experiencing it and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So take responsibility. And that applies every place. Uh, uh, recreationally, the main obstacle to your training might be just getting here. And the main <laughs> obstacle to getting here might mean you know, managing your work a little bit better or managing mm -hmm. your relationships at home a little right. bit better right. or, you know, putting your clothes out the night before so you get sure. here at 5.30 in the sure. morning, whatever. You know, it's those 1% improvements mm. that, you know, mm. you're responsible for. And that's, um, so whatever gifts you have, whatever your interests are, or whatever, mm. if you're not taking responsibility for those 1% gains, mm. you know, let the coaches take care of the, oh, here's 2% here, 3% mm -hmm. here, you know, by, right. excuse me, introducing some new technique or, um, uh, different aspect of your training, mm -hmm. that's great, but you've got to be responsibility for that okay. 1%. Right. And compound interest helps, right. you know, so. Yeah. Good. Well, good. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, just the very last thing uh, I'll ask is there anything before we finish? Is there anything you're inspired to, to message through the, the, the talk or oh, did you say uh, everything you, you wanted to say? Um, yeah, I, I think, you, you know, the, um, uh, you know, in the gym, uh, um, maybe being part of your own mm -hmm. best coach or whatever mm -hmm. is being a little bit selfish and that that's okay. <laughs> you, you know, because, right. you know, you're here, you want to mm -hmm. develop this, somebody else is here, they want to mm -hmm. lose some weight or, right. you know, uh, grow gracefully <laughs> don't look at me for that but you know whatever your goals are you need to be a little bit selfish on um, mm -hmm. doing that but also hey try to be a little helpful you know just like hey mm -hmm. you know, what do you need to work on you know uh maybe that's a good training partner or whatever and getting i know you have this interest on the, the traditional martial right. arts versus um mm -hmm. you know the competitive thing right. so the to me that you know you know yeah, even though it's just a nanosecond that it flashes through your mind if you're on the traditional side and you do, mm -hmm. you're bowing and saluting mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know, or you're on the functional side and you're mm -hmm. touching gloves or you're shaking mm -hmm. hands afterwards or, mm -hmm. or you're saying, hey, how are you, you mm -hmm. know, as people are getting in on the mat or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's that, hey, thank you, you know, mm -hmm. and that's a little bit of trying to be uh, mm -hmm. what I think is in the, at fundamentally the thing that's in common on both sides. People who are good on this side and who are good on that side, mm. what do they have? They have the responsibility for their own, you know, uh, development and they have that little bit of gratitude and that's expressed touching gloves, saying hello when you work on the mat, you know, mm. Um, mm. Um, and, um, you know, or, or bowing and saluting mm -hmm. on the traditional side. It's, it's the same thing. Right. And it has to be that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. it. Good. Well, thank All you right. very yeah. much. Yeah, cheers. Thank you for this. Yeah.